You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thank you for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm your host, Mark Holcraft. Um, we just had a wonderful guest in Jake Martle. Um, if there's a theme that's starting to unfold in this morning's programming, it's just been connecting the dots. Um, familiarity, and I think familiarity is a real gift uh, for all of us as faithful. Um, and frankly, it's a gift for those, to be blunt, that maybe lack in faith. Familiarity, it just points us back to a true north, a true home. Um, so speaking of being pointed back to a true north and true home, our next guest is Carol Brown, Dr. Carol Brown from the Sioux Spiritual Center in the Rapid City area. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. Good to, good to be with you this morning. Well, thanks for thanks for sharing some time with us. You know, um, I, I'm excited to hear more about what the, the Sioux Spiritual Center, what it's about, what it offers. But even before we dive into that, Carol, can you just tell us about yourself a little bit? Yeah, I grew up here in western South Dakota, about 50 miles north of where I am right now. Uh, I grew up on a cattle ranch in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I figured I would probably grow up and be a rancher's wife and and uh, be shuttling kids around to 4-H meetings, but my life took a different turn, and I ended up um, getting deeply involved in uh, various lay ministry operations or, or, or opportunities in, in the church. And so I worked for a while at the, at the cathedral in Rapid City, and eventually went on to, to uh, Franciscan University of Steubenville to do a master's degree, and then I worked there at the, at the campus there for uh, about eight years. And then I went on a big adventure, and I went over to Europe. And I was in uh, Austria for about a year working with an international interdenominational um, missionary community, and uh, subsequently moved to Ireland to, uh, to start a Ph.D., and uh, ended up uh, getting involved in a big project to get Christian Radio off the ground. And anyway, all told, there I was I was in Europe almost nine years, and um, eventually came back to the United States uh, uh, and uh, landed in Oklahoma City for some time. Was the director of the new evangelization in Oklahoma City, and then this wonderful opportunity came up to move home. Uh, my my uh, my parents. As I said, live about 50 miles north of here, but my grandparents lived about two miles down the road, and they're actually buried here on this property uh, where I'm working now. So, um, anyway, uh, it's been kind of a long career in various kinds of ministry, and uh, just a great adventure with the Lord. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's what, that's me in a nutshell. Uh, yeah, no, thanks for sharing. And gosh, you say great adventure in the Lord, Un- undoubtedly. So, that's quite the journey, right there. Um, you know, yeah. you, you, that's a small town girl, South Dakota, going to Ohio, then to Europe, you know, and why not? <laughs> you know, um, and, <laughs> yeah. and I say, you know, it's funny, I say why not, and yet uh, what I want to get into is the why. You know, what is it? What was the Lord doing that stirred in your heart? Like, so first off, that's, that's a pretty big jump to go from small town South Dakota then to move to Ohio. What was the draw? I mean, you went to Franciscan University. I think a lot of our listeners are familiar, but for those who are not familiar with Franciscan University, what was the draw for you to go there? Yeah. Well, it's kind of a long story, um, and you can you can uh, cut me off if I'm going on too long, but uh, I had um, gone to public high school and decided to go to a Catholic university to try to augment my faith. 
And I ended up actually in a situation that was not augmenting my faith. In fact, I, I almost became a Protestant. My first opportunity to do ministry was uh, in a Protestant church, and <clears throat> I never left the Catholic Church. Funny enough, the, the pastor of the church that I worked in was, was uh, married to a Catholic, so we always went to Mass together on Saturday night. That's so interesting. And wow. Um, and in that, in the course of that, I had the opportunity to really rub shoulders with people from across the whole spectrum, and uh, in that process, I realized, gosh, there's really no place to go. I, my issues with the Church were not theological issues. My issues were what uh, I think Pope Francis calls viviential reasons, you know, um, the way the life is lived among the people that you're with. Uh, I, it, certainly at the university that I was at, the, uh, the uh, ethos was not... Uh, very uh, strongly spiritual, you okay. know, and uh, and I was looking, I was questing, I had I had uh, experienced an encounter with the Lord as a high school kid that was really powerful, and I wanted to go deeper in that, and this university situation just was not helping me. And so I wanted to be around people that were passionate, and all the passionate people seemed to be Protestant <laughs> at that time. And so that's how I ended up So that's how you ended up going to Franciscan University. Carol, do we still have you there? So we're talking to Dr. Carol Brown. We just lost her, but we'll get her back on. Dr. Carol Brown, who uh, heads up uh, spiritual direction with the Sioux Spiritual Center. And we're just catching up with her, frankly, on her history of what led to her journey here or to the Sioux Spiritual Center in Rapid City. Um, and I just I find what's so fascinating, what leads to a person, especially eventually what we want to get to is the discussion of spiritual direction, because this is one of the great gifts the Sioux Spiritual Center offers. And so the Sioux Spiritual Center, it speaks to, it, it's, a, it's a retreat site that's nestled in the Cheyenne River, western South Dakota. And what it does, is it pr- creates an opportunity and a space uh, within the Diocese of Rapid City for those who are looking for ongoing spiritual formation. And so what we want to eventually get to is to hear Carol break open some of those gifts of spiritual direction. But I think for a lot of us as listeners, I love to hear the story. We have Carol Brown back. And so we're just hearing her story as to how the Holy Spirit moved to lead her to where she is today. Carol, thanks for jumping back on so quickly. <laughs> yeah, sorry um, about that. I don't care. Um, that's okay. So <laughs> you, you just left where we where we lost you is you're, you're just jumping into, you decided to go to Franciscan University but you find yourself being really affected by the Protestant Church at that time, and not for anything that they did wrong per se. Really, it sounds like they were doing things uh, right. Is that fair? Yeah, to say? They, they a lot of things that were were pretty attractive, particularly evangelical Protestants. Um, I ended up in a more mainline uh, Lutheran church, you know, um, serving as a Catholic in a in a Lutheran church setting, and um, a lot of things. A lot of their problems are the same kind of problems that we have. You know, so, um, but it it really um, solidified for me that there are really some great things to appreciate about, appreciate about the Catholic Church, one of which, is, of course, is our Lord in the Eucharist, one of which is the teaching authority of the Church, um, and uh, many other things. I just found there was more in the sure. Catholic Church, and so I decided to remain Catholic. And around that time was <clears throat> when Scott Hahn was having his big conversion, and somehow a a copy of his uh, conversion story ended up in my hands, and I ended up uh, listening to that and just felt really affirmed that I made the right decision when I decided to stay Catholic. So yeah, wow. I then found out that he taught at Franciscan University of Steubenville, and 
uh, funny enough, I had been hearing from my admired Protestant friends that there was this one really great Catholic university out in Ohio <laughs> that, uh, that uh, good things were happening there. And, uh, and so I had kind of filed that away in my head, and then I found out that this guy taught at that school, and I just thought, man, that would be awesome to go out there. And I ended up um, deciding to go out there around the same time that some of the heavy hitters uh, that are really, you know, making a big imp- impact on the church these days, like uh, Curtis Martin and Tim Gray and uh, and uh, uh, Edward P. Three, who I call Ted, and a number of other people who are, you know, who are who are some of the heavy hitters in the church today. They were all in school at the same time, and um, and it was just amazing to kind of be in that environment at that time. Just uh, just a really really special time, you know. So um, and of course, Father Mike Scanlon was still president at that time, and he was just. He was just a magical preacher, you know, just uh, an amazing man. And the whole environment there was just, it was what I was looking for. Here is where the rubber meets the road with being Catholic and having that integrated into your life, you know? So... That sounds amazing. That's awesome. And like you said, you know, some of the heavy hitters that we've come to recognize today, and certainly we know the names of Curtis Martin with Focus Ministries. Uh, we know the names of Edward Sree, Tim Gray, the Augustine Institute... Um, and they are doing, they're doing great work, uh, on behalf of the church, for the church. Um, and so are you. And this is, this is what's intriguing. And I am going to use this as a bit of a transition point. Um, <laughs> even to hear, Carol, to hear, because it's so interesting to hear your experience and a little bit of your history of connecting with these people under the Protestant church and that the Lord would bring you to Ireland to develop a Christian radio station, um, and to continue to rub elbows with non Catholics. But are really, they're really trying to serve the Lord, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I it just, yeah. it, there's no accidents with God. That's just one of the, there's just that's, no accidents. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't get a chance to say it, but the, the radio station that we started in Ireland, we purposely tried to bring Catholics and Protestants together to do that. Uh, we saw, I saw, uh, you know, a really interesting crossroads between what John Paul II had been, uh, had been emphasizing in the new evangelization, things like personal relationship with Jesus, personal encounter with Christ, you know, his personalism really uh, uh, resonated deeply with what I had been blessed by, by my good Protestant friends. They, they invited me into this more personal relationship with the Lord, and it turns out that's not a Protestant thing. Uh, and, pardon me? No, there's, you, you, we got one more minute before the break, so, but you keep going. It, it turns okay. out it's not just a Protestant thing. Yeah, it turns out not a Protestant thing. And so I said, you know, you could really build this radio station right at that crossroads where there's a resonance between the new evangelization and the things that evangelical Protestants have always cared about. And so that's what we did. It was it was hell trying to get there, you know, but it's on the air now. It has been on the air for 10 years at this point. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. I, so we do, we got to jump to a break here very soon here, Carol. Um, but when yep. we come back, I'd like to dive more into, so the actual apostolate and work of the uh, the Sioux Spiritual Center there in okay. the work that you're doing now. But I, as I shared yeah. uh, briefly earlier, I think it's fascinating for us to hear what led, like, what was the journey that led a person to get into where, what you're doing now. So if you're just mm. tuning in, we're talking to Dr. Carol Brown from the Sioux Spiritual Center. I'm your host, Mark Holcraft. Stay with us on Real Presence Live. We'll be back. <music> 
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if your family's past struggles have affected you personally? I'm Father Chris Alar. You and your ancestors are all part of the body of Christ, so you should desire healing for them for the consequence of their past sins. Evidence suggests that these consequences can even be passed down through generations. While God does not hold you personally responsible for the sins of your ancestors, He does allow the effect of their deeds to reverberate from one generation to the next. The sins or sanctity of your family members may impact you. So learn how to break free from any sinful bonds in your life. There is hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost. And to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm your host, Mark Holcraft. Themes showing up this morning, connecting the dots, connecting the Catholic dot-to-dot and familiarity. We're talking with Dr. Carol Brown from the Sioux Spiritual Center which is uh, in the Rapid City Diocese, but outside of Rapid City. Uh, she says it's between the middle of no and where, which I appreciate that, Carol. Um, but there's something, um, there's something beautiful happening there, and I would love to hear you share more about what's happening at the Sioux Spiritual Center. Yeah. Well, if I could briefly just tell you about the center uh, first. Um, so Please this, do. This place, this place was uh, some land that was donated by a local rancher, to the church. There's a little Catholic church that was built back here in uh, 1918 called St. Patrick's, and he was worried about what was going to happen to it if it was just if the land was just sold. So he carved off some land, gave it to the Diocese of Rapid City, uh, and I don't know that the diocese had any big vision for it, but the Jesuits had been doing a lot of missionary work uh, around all the Native American Indian reservations um, back in the 70s, and at that time there was a lot of pressure being put on Native American Catholics and Native American Christians to drop the white man's religion and get back to the old ways. And um, and the Jesuits wanted to try to create some place that they could bring Native people to do formation with them, to, to train them in leadership and so on, and where the message was clearly communicated that you can be both 
uh, Native American and Catholic. You can be both Lakota and Catholic. You know, like you can be Polish and Catholic, and you can be Irish and Catholic, and you can be Italian and Catholic. You know, that your culture, it brings wonderful things into the Church, um, and that there's no, there doesn't need to be uh, an abandonment of who you are as um you know, as, as a person of a certain nation, uh, in order to be a Catholic, because that's why we are Catholic. It's universal. It's for everyone. Um, and this, the Native American people would be, you know, like, like the Irish were at one time, uh, another Gentile family that, that came into the, came into the church. Uh, and so, um, so anyway, uh, they went to tell the bishop they wanted to do this. The bishop said, well, we've got this little chunk of land down here. Why don't you go have a look? So they, they came down here. They loved it. And they built this beautiful house here. It's a big 15 bedroom, log cabin house um, that um, uh, just, it, you know, communicates really beautifully the, um, the, the connection between being uh, Lakota and Catholic, uh, or being, being indigenous and Catholic, you know. So uh, uh, anyway, so for 40 years, that's what they did here. They, they formed and they taught people to pray, and so for 40 years, there have been people praying here and coming to know the Lord here, and um, then in 2017, the, the uh, the Jesuits went through a bit of a reorganization in the United States, and the decision was made to uh, redirect some of their energy into inner-city missions, and this was one of the ones that uh, they decided not to, to continue to staff. And so the management of it went back into the diocese, and eventually I was hired as the, as the uh, lay director of, of the place. So at the same time, they decided to open it up to everyone, uh, natives and non-natives at, at once. Um, for those 40 years, it had been pretty much exclusively for Native American youth. And the result of that was that nobody else really knew about it. It was kind of this really well-kept secret down here. And um, so fast forward, uh, I'm here now four years, and um, people are finding out about it. And uh, it's just it's just really exciting what um, the Lord has been doing here. So... We always have done uh, something called Chankuakon, which is which means Holy Road. It's the native version of Kursil. Uh We also have uh, native-style recovery retreats here, uh, where we incorporate some uh, elements of native culture into the uh, program. Um, and then uh, we've we've reintroduced uh, things like life in the spirit. Uh, we ha- we do an inner healing prayer retreat here a couple of times a year. Um, and then most recently, uh, we last year started the Covenant School of Spiritual Direction, which is what you wanted to talk about today. So Indeed. maybe you can guide me. But what the next, uh, what the ne- where we need to, uh, what you want to know about that? Well, can you just tell us in general what is that? So the, you, what did you call it? The Covenant. Uh, Covenant School of Spiritual Direction. Covenant yeah. School of Spiritual Direction. Please, what is, what are you going after with that? What does it mean? Okay. Well, it's uh, the Covenant School of Spiritual Direction is a three-year program in the practicalities uh, of, uh, of spiritual direction. Spiritual direction is a kind of accompaniment in the spiritual life uh, by someone who hopefully is a little further along on the road with you. You know, now, when I was a kid, and when I was a 14-year-old kid, one of my best friends in high school was, uh, was a Lutheran girl. And she was the one who really was the catalyst for me getting the lights on in my faith at all. Um, and uh, really, she was my first spiritual director. She listened to me complaining about my problems, you know, for an hour or so one day. And, and finally she said, Carol, have you ever prayed about this? And I was like, well, why did I do that? So true. And I said my prayers religiously every night, but I, I had no, I had a total disconnect between faith and life. 
So she really, at the tender age of 14 or 15 years old, was my first spiritual director. She gave put a Bible in my hands. She gave, put, put some resources in my hands so that I could start to access the Word of God. And, and through that, I really fell in love with, with, with the Lord, you know. And, and then later when I was being prepared for confirmation and I found out that the Eucharist was this Jesus who I was falling in love with, I was like, wow, <laughs> you know, Eucharistic amazement kind of flooded my, flooded my little heart. So, um, so anyway, fast forward, uh, spiritual direction in, in the more formal sense of the word is when someone who is a little bit further along the path than you kind of accompanies you and helps you to grow in the spiritual life. They've grown themselves, they've navigated some of the potholes, and, um, and they've read some of the great saints, and they, so they're, they're kind of familiar with the way, the path that we're on and where it goes and what the steps are and what the resources are that you need at each step. And so the Covenant School of Spiritual Direction was um, developed to kind of give people some more, you know, practical, formal training in how to do it. People have, some people have the charism of spiritual direction, so they have sort of a natural instinct for it. And this training kind of kind of hones that a little bit, you know. I mean, I don't know that the, that the you know, that the um, training is, is that helpful to someone that doesn't have the charism. Sometimes people will show up for a spiritual direction training program who clearly do not have the sensitivities required for uh, being a spiritual director. But, you know, we'll help you to discern that. And, and for those that do have that charism, we will, um, we will uh, hope to uh, develop and um, enhance it. And Carol, just for clarity, Carol, for our listeners, so you're talking about a covenant school spiritual direction to train men and women to become spiritual directors, not to uh, look for spiritual directors, Right. Right. Am I, yep. am I making that yep. distinction clear? That's, yep, yep, yep. Okay. So okay. we have both people and uh, and priests and also some religious that have been involved in the school, the school this past year, uh, and um, and we expect to see a good mix going forward. So. And this is this is a newer initiative being offered at the yeah. Spiritual Center. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, we started last year. It's a three-year program. Um, you can jump in at any part of the cycle. So uh, our first year last year was on prayer. Uh, this year it's going to be on healing. And the next one is going to be on growth, or we also call it virtue sometimes. Okay. Uh, and uh, you get exposed to, you know, some, some major themes and also to some of the teachings and writings of the saints and things like that. And then uh, we, we spend a lot of time on the practical elements of spiritual direction, uh, where you learn how to um, conduct this, a session with somebody, uh, how to set the right expectations, how to, you know, so it's called the contemplative evocative approach to spiritual direction. So we're trying to, um, uh, to, to draw their attention to what is the Lord doing. We don't uh, generally tell people what to do, you know, in terms of, you know, big, big advice, you know, you should marry this person or you should, you know, move to this town or you should go take up this this course or, or whatever, sure. uh, we, we try to help them to, to become more sensitive to the movements that the Lord is, um, is, is putting in motion in their life. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so it's a three-year program. You can jump in at any time. Uh, we are uh, approaching uh, capacity at this point, so we, we don't have a lot of room until we start kind of graduating a few people, but, um, but it's a great problem to have. So. What, what is capacity, <laughs> roughly? So what's the number of, of participants you can have? The most we can manage is uh, 
is 20. Okay. And right now we have, uh, we have I think, 15 or 16 are signed up for it. Uh, and uh, if we don't get some graduated out, uh, like if we were to fill up this year, we would not have any room for anyone next year. Uh, and then people would graduate and we'd be half full again. So we're trying to kind of pace ourselves a little bit that way. Sure. Um, but this, this is great, though, just to get it on people's radar for, you know, future planning. It, it probably is a bit late this year to, uh, to, uh, to apply for it, but, uh, but we'll have some room next year. So. Well, I think this is something that still is, um, it's not very well known in the church, no. even just the topic and discussion of spiritual direction. And yet there yeah. certainly seems to be, and I don't know if the word revival is the right word for it, a revival renewal, but um, there certainly seems to be more energies being put into uh, really the church's wisdom and experience to lift up spiritual direction, not only for the uh, those who are seeking spiritual direction, looking for the wisdom of the church to help guide and accompany them, as you said, uh, the word accompaniment, yeah. in its most truest yeah. sense of the word, you know, but uh, certainly we, we're seeing more initiatives and organizations around the country and really around the world that are exploring mm-hmm. further that we're seeing a need, really, I think, uh, you know. So we, have, we have just a short time left, a minute and a half left, Carol, but what, is some, what do you look for? What are the qualities you're looking for in someone who's considering the idea of a spiritual director, to be a spiritual director? Well, first of all, they need to be obviously a, a practicing Catholic, uh, that they go to Mass regularly, that they, uh, that they have had some degree of conversion in their life. Um, and uh, we, I, what I kind of tell people is that, you know, when I go into a restaurant and I hear somebody behind me start talking about God, I have these antennas that kind of sprout up, and I want to hear sure. what they're saying about and I kind of assess that they've, whether they've got, got him right or not, <laughs> you know. So I think that sensitivity to what people are saying about God um, is, is one sign. Another sign is that people ask you, you know, people will ask you, you know, could, could I talk to you about some things, spiritual life-wise, and, um, and they'll share things with you that are, you know, kind of along those lines. If people aren't asking you, that's a pretty good sign. You might not be, this might not be your thing. Oh, sure. Uh, well, and yeah. Carol, Carol, I'm sorry to cut you off. We have just a few, 30 seconds left. How can we... Uh, how can people find out more information about this program? Uh, you can check out our website, www.2spiritualcenter.com. There's a tab on there for the Covenant School of Spiritual Direction. And also just to mention that we are in association with the University of Mary offering certification for continuing education for this uh, program. So uh, FYI, uh, we are, we're, we're vetted by them and, um, and also underwritten by them in terms of uh, certification for spiritual direction. Yes, that is good to know. Carol, thank you so much. I'm so sorry to cut this conversation short. It's been a joy having you. So thanks for joining us this morning. Um, you bet. And up good. next, oh, go ahead, Carol, real quick. I just said good to talk to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And uh, up next, after the break, we'll have Brett Eckert from Our Lady Perpetual Help Cathedral from Rapid City. Stay with us. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 